Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. I read a headline this week I thought was amazing. The headline declared, artist ordered to pay museum back $77,000 after submitting two blank canvases under the title, Take the Money and Run. (laughs) Jans Hanning had lost a lengthy battle with the Danish museum after submitting two blank canvases and taking off with the loaned cash that was meant to be displayed inside the artworks. He literally took the money and ran. That's the name he gave to his two works of art. (laughs) I thought, amazing. And I thought of this verse, Isaiah 54 and verse 4. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou uh, confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. God will never leave us hanging. He will deal with us thoroughly. He will keep his promises to us. And he teaches us here in his word what true commitment and friendship is all about. Now with that in mind, I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me. And we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. One verse we're going to begin with here. And I want you to read it aloud. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. Let's read it together. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Read it again. Everyone read it aloud. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Thank you. You may be seated. God's Word teaches us here about this matter of friendship. It teaches us that we are to be the kind of friend that we want to have. We're to be that. That which we look for and desire in others. I want you to underline this word sticketh here in verse 24. It literally means to adhere or cleave to. The thought here is loyalty. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly You must be a friend by befriending others. You must be what you want others to be. And it says there is a friend that is loyally devoted, that sticketh closer than a brother. There is a relationship, a fellowship that is cultivated and developed when your heart is pure and totally loyal to others. Let me ask you, would you say about yourself, as best I know, I am a loyal person? Would you say that? Would you be someone that would look for that in others and value that? Well, we know we do. But what we want in others, we must have in ourselves. I hope you'll write that down. Be the kind of friend you want to have, number one, by being loyal. Being loyal. 
I remember taking the boys out in the woods years ago when they were smaller. Remember, we had six boys before we had two girls. And, uh, and then we had John and Victoria, seven boys and three girls all together. And I remember taking these boys out in the woods. It was snowing and, and uh, we were having the time of our lives. And I wanted to teach them this lesson about sticking together. I had them all get a stick and then to hold up that stick. Can you see me in the woods? It's snowing, big old snow hat on. And, uh, you know, uh, we're all decked out just trying to stay warm. Socks on our hands for gloves. How many of us ever done that, right? And I'm standing there and I get these boys in a circle. It's snowing. I've got a stick. They've got a stick. And then I talk to them about sticking together as a family. We're not individuals in this home only. We're individuals that make up a family. And by God's grace, we're going to learn to be loyal and devoted to him and each other. And we're going to stick together. I said, all right, give me your stick. And I gathered their sticks. I put them all together side by side in a bundle. And then I had a little rope that I used to tie them together. And I held it up. And I said, now, who are we boys? They said, we're a family. I had them say it out loud. We're a family. And I said, and what do we do? They said, we stick together. I said, families stick together. We're loyal. We're devoted. We can count on each other, right? They said, right. Oh, I'll tell you, I had them all worked up. You would think we're getting ready to play football or something. They were all worked up. We're a family. Family stick together. We stick together. That's what the Bible says true friends do. Are you loyal to your friends? Are you someone that's standing by them or stepping up and stepping into a situation when others step aside? Are you someone that runs to a friend in a time of need or one who runs from a friend? It's amazing the day in which we live. The Bible says the time would come when the love of many would do what? It would wax cold. We're in that day in many ways because there's a, such a cold heartedness that seems to be setting in to so many relationships, even families, church families, neighbors, friends, people who were long time, lifelong friends. So many times we respond to others and their lack of loyalty to us. And it's like, well, if you're going to be not going to be loyal to me, I'm not going to be loyal to you. And you've got to understand that other people and what they choose to do cannot determine what you choose to do, and they cannot define who you are. Only you can define who you are before Almighty God. You can't just say, well, I'm going to react. Hey, you don't love me? Well, I'm, I'm not going to love you. You don't like this? Well, I, I don't like that about you. You know, it's kind of back and forth all the time. God wants us to mature and grow beyond that. We've got to get beyond that in our lives. Otherwise, we're just going to be shallow, petty, 
petulant, vindictive, always struggling with people and wondering what they're up to. You know what I've learned? Suspicious people oftentimes are so suspicious about others because really what they're afraid they might find in someone else actually resides already in their own heart. Because they're thinking, well, I know if uh, they're looking at this the way I'm looking at it, here's what they're likely to do or say. And so they're afraid. They're suspicious. Have you ever thought about it like that? Have you ever stopped to pray, Lord, if I'm seeing something, at least in my mind, I think in someone else, could it be simply a reflection, a projection of what's actually in my own heart? God, would you teach me? Would you show me, Lord? I want to be loyal. I don't want to leave people hanging. I want to be someone they can count on. I want to be someone that they can truly know is going to be there. One said it this way, there's something wrong with your character if opportunity or aggravation controls your loyalty. If your loyalty is up for grabs, if your loyalty is something that can change on a whim, well, it's just like Vance Havner always said. If in serving the Lord, at some point you can take it or leave it, there will come a time when you'll leave it. You've got to come to the place to where you say, I am steadfast. I'm committed. God helping me, I'm going to be someone who is loyal. Number one, be the kind of friend you want to have by being loyal. Look over in chapter 19. The Bible says in verse 6, Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. See, we're talking about fair-weather friends here. They kind of come and they go. They're seasonal. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting or lacking to him. They're nowhere to be found. See, some people are friends of others because it's like, what can I benefit from this friendship? And if I no longer see a benefit from this friendship, then I'm done with you. Even though someone may be pursuing, hey, where are you at? Hey, what, what, what's going on here? So, oh, no, I don't see this as a benefit to me anymore. See, that's not true friendship. True friendship is not about what you can get from others. It's truly about what you can give to others. You're going to have to be honest with yourself and be confronted with the mirror of God's Word and, and ask God to show you where you are in your heart before Him and before your friends. May they be friends in more than name only, but in heart of loyalty, of devotion, of genuine regard. Look over in chapter 27. Proverbs 27 and verse 10. The Bible says, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Be loyal to your friends and the friends of your family. Don't think, well, that was mom and dad's friends. But you know what? If they had a heart for your parents, they likely have a heart for you. Don't just abandon them or act like they don't exist. 
Regard not only your personal friends, but the friends of your loved ones and thank God for them. Be loyal, be devoted, recognize the people that God has placed in your life. Look back in chapter 17, Proverbs 17. I like verse 17. God not only wants us to be loyal, but he wants us, number two, to be loving by loving at all times. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend, what? Loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. One commentator said, Solomon is saying that a brother is born to help us in tough times. A brother sticks with you when adversity strikes because that is what family does. Brothers prove they are brothers in the moments of adversity. Brothers are brothers in the fullest sense of that word when adversity strikes. See, a friend, a brother, in heart, in relationship, physically perhaps, but at least in heart and mind. I've got some brothers from different mothers. We're not physically brothers, but we're brothers in heart, right? Oh, I'll tell you, they know if they need me, I'll be there. And I know if I need them, they'll be there. God put them in my life for times of need, times of adversity, Times when God is working in my life to get my attention, to move me forward in faith and to develop and deepen my faith. God has put people in my path to help me to navigate that, to keep from drowning and just giving up and, and losing heart altogether, but holding to the promise of God and saying, by the grace of God, I'm going to get beyond this. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to move forward with my life. This will not be the end of me. And God has put people in your path to help you navigate those times of adversity. A friend loveth at all times. Underline that, all times. Sometimes we're not very friendly. Sometimes we don't feel good. We all have our moments. How many of you understand that expression, we all have our moments? Sometimes it's not a pretty sight or sound. It doesn't excuse those times, but we have to stop and recognize that they do exist. That's a part of the human dynamic in a fallen world. We all have our moments. Well, the Bible said a friend loveth at all times, in season, out of season, when it's coming together, when it's coming apart, in good times and bad, in sickness and in health, in every way, in every day. It's like I am making a conscious choice to stay true to God and to you, to be devoted to you. I will love you in all seasons, in all things, in all ways. Isn't that wonderful? Let me tell you this morning, God may bring you to a place to where the one test, the one test that he's going to put before you is whether or not you will continue to love someone and be loyal, de loyally devoted 
to that someone when they're struggling or hurting or discouraged or vulnerable or in a time of great need. God's going to put us all to the test. It's easy to love someone who is loving and lovable. We love that, don't we? What happens when they're not so loving nor lovable? What happens when our love for them brings hurt to us? Will our love sustain that? Will our love actually survive that? A friend loveth at all times. All times. You're going to find out what true love is by going through some challenges in life and realizing that, hey, I have to love this person. Even I get to love this person, though it causes me pain because what true love is, is a commitment and a conscious choice to say, I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to bear pain so you won't have to. Or if you are bearing pain, I'm willing to bear your pain with you. I will enter into your pain. Compassion is, has been defined as your hurt in my heart. I feel your pain. God helping me, I'm going to love you through this. It's a conscious choice, a decision that we must make. You say, Pastor, what happens when others don't make that decision? We can't decide for others. We have to trust ourselves to God. We can't decide for others, but we can decide for ourselves, and we can't let what others decide decide for us. We must make that conscious choice. Whether it feels easy or not, sometimes it may feel so difficult and insurmountable that you just can't quite get there. But that's when we realize that God said, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee. I will help you. I like what a young six-year-old girl said when asked what is love. She wrote this on a school assignment paper. And here's how she defined love. Love is when you're missing some of your teeth, but you're not afraid to smile because you know your friends will still love you even though some of you is missing. Sometimes something's missing in our lives. Aren't you thankful for those who love us anyway? Many waters cannot quench true love. They love us anyway. They don't say, well, you're lacking this and you don't have that and look at the other. That's why I can't love you or I can't love you anymore. Are you hearing me? What does the Bible say about true friendship? A true friend is loyal. A true friend is loving. But as I think about this, what does the Bible say in John 15, verse 13? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man do what? 
lay down his life for his friends. Say, I'm willing to suffer so you won't have to, and I'm willing to bear your want. What is missing in your life? And by the way, if we don't know the Lord today, that's what is missing in our lives. It's not a different circumstance, a different job, a different life even. It's the Lord. It's not something without. It's something within. It's the Lord who can only feel that missing peace within, that inward void. I hope you know Christ today. Number three, notice this. How can we be the kind of friend that we want to have? Number three, by being truthful and trustworthy. Look in chapter 16. It's amazing when you think about this. Truthful and trustworthy. 1628, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. A whisperer, think about that, is someone who is a slanderer. They give false and damaging statements. I, I don't want to talk about people in such a way to where I spread things that aren't true because they've hurt me or disappointed me, now I'm going to try to hurt them. Some people have this spirit. If you've hurt me, the way you'll pay for it is by me hurting you back. If you make me mad, I'll be back mad at you. And I'll stay mad at you. That's the way I'll punish you. May God deliver us from that kind of pride and petulance. May God bring us to a place where we say, I, I don't want to be someone that tears others down, though they may tear me down. I want to be known as someone who is truthful and trustworthy to, to regard someone, to care for them, even when they're vulnerable or something is amiss in their lives. They can count on me to step in and step up on their behalf and to help them just work through that trouble. Have you ever had to confide in someone? You ever been there and you trusted them with your confidence? And then they betrayed that confidence? That is a deep betrayal, is it not? You ought to be the kind of friend that people can come to you and confide in you knowing that not everyone else is going to find out about what's going on in your own life. Isn't that right? You ought to be that kind of person that is truthful and trustworthy before God and others. Look in chapter 17 and verse 9. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. There's a lot of people who've lost good relationships because of something that was misrepresented to another, someone who was just actually lied about openly, Without any shame, it's like, well, they hurt me or I didn't like what they did in this situation. So I thought, well, I'll just get them back. Listen, that's what happens on the playgrounds in elementary and junior high school. We've got to grow up, friend. We've got to move beyond that. When we become adults, we're maturing in our faith. We don't try to go after others or try to hurt them or bring them down because we feel like, well, you're trying to bring me down. And I'll tell you what, if I go down, I'm taking you with me. You're sure to go down. 
If you have that attitude and that spirit, you're sure to go down. But here's what God said. Rather than saying, well, I'll tell you, if I go down, I'll take you with me. You ought to say, Lord, you have given me a promise that you're able to keep me from falling. You're able to hold me by your right hand of righteousness. And so, Lord, I know if I will humble myself before you, I won't fall. You'll sustain me. That should be your response, right? Someone who is trusting God, someone who is trustworthy, someone who seeks love. It doesn't mean hiding sin, covering a transgression here. It has the thought of someone who's just not shining the light on it, someone who's not broadcasting it, someone who's not going everywhere and saying, hey, by the way, did you hear about this? Or when someone brings someone up, it's like, yeah, you know, I believe they're a good person overall. I guess you could say that, but I heard this. I've got so many challenges in life. The last thing I want to do is be around negative spirits. Always bad, always complaining. Life is so awful. Woe is me. Friend, like I said, we all have our moments. We get in those times here and there. But they should be the exception and not the rule. Shouldn't be that we just feed on that, feed on negativism and gossip and somebody else's fault. Because if I find where they're, they come up short, that actually makes me feel better about me. Friend, listen, you're going to have to find your identity in the Lord and not in someone else's failings. And hoping that they fall so you can feel good or look like you were right or look like you were the one who really was the victim in the matter. God deliver us from that. Friends don't make it about themselves. They make it about the glory of God and the good of another. They're willing to even just sit on something and not shine the light on it and broadcast it because they know it could hurt someone. And they don't want to hurt them. Because they have a heart for them. They love them. Well, I'll tell you, the word of God's powerful, is it not? And it's so true and so needed in each of our lives. Look over in chapter 27 again. Chapter 27. The Bible says in verse 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A true friend will tell you the truth because the truth, though it hurts at times, the truth is the only thing that helps us and delivers us and sets us free. Oh, how we need the truth. And a friend who loves us enough that is, is willing to actually, for us to say, well, I don't know if I wanted to hear that. I'm not even sure I needed to hear that. And I'm kind of struggling with why you said that. But sometimes we just need to be truthful and trustworthy enough to say, hey, you have a blind spot and you just need to be mindful of this or you need to at least take this to heart and consider it. That's what a true friend does. Chapter 27, still verse 14. The Bible says, He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. This is what the Bible is saying here. Some people, they just talk about how everything's good, everything's fine, and, and, and you're okay and I'm okay, but things aren't okay, but they don't want to go there because they don't want in any way for you to feel sad or bad toward them. 
You know what? The day will come when they'll say, why didn't you tell me the truth? They won't bless your name. <laughs> they'll do exactly opposite, the Bible says. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought, if I tell my friend what I see is going on here, they're going to get mad at me. You ever been there? You ever been to a place where if I tell them, and I'm talking about even if you could tell them so graciously and kindly and lovingly as you can, and you should. If I say something, they may even get mad at me and walk away from me. Have you ever been there? I remember a mother telling us years ago about something in a son's life and said, I saw it. I knew what was going on and I knew what would happen, but I didn't want to say anything about it because I didn't want to grieve him, upset him, or take a chance on losing him. And you know what happened? That situation literally blew up in that boy's face. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like, Mom, but why didn't you tell me? If you saw this, I didn't see it at the time. Why didn't you love me enough to tell me and try to keep me from this hurt. Do you see? See, that's what a true friend does. Lovingly, with humility, with regard for others. In verse 17 here, the Bible says in chapter 27, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Number four, by bringing out the best in others. A sharpening steel rod is what we used to use there in the meat packing plant when I grew up to sharpen the knives. Any of you seen those steel rods? Anybody used one? Anybody used one? My dad, I mean, he was a whiz. I can stand there and just watch him all day sharpening that knife. Iron sharpens iron. Do you bring out the best in others? When people around you, do they get closer to God or and encouraged or do they get depressed? Get their eyes off the Lord. When people are in your presence, do they think about, oh, woe is me and all. Do, do they come away from you discouraged or do they come away from you encouraged? You see, a true friend brings out the best in other people. They don't dwell on the fault or the negative. There's times when it must be acknowledged, faith for the wounds of a friend. But there are times when we understand that when people are interacting with us, we want to point them to the Lord. This is the great privilege I get to do in a meeting like this. What a, you say, Pastor, what are you doing? You're just getting up there and telling us everything you think. Or, no, no, no. I'm, I'm pointing you to the God who made you through the word that he's given us. And I love doing that because he's the one who can help you and the one who will. And then lastly, how can you be the friend that you want in others by being a friend of God? James 2.22 talks about Abraham and says he was called the friend of God. Jesus said in John 15 and verse 14, Year, my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. True friendship is not just a sentiment. It's an action. It's a demonstration before God and others. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. May we walk in his steps today. I was reading this story. I thought it was amazing. Sometimes we become aggravated and prickly. We forget that in order to have friends, we must be a friend. As one writer noted, the furniture salesman said the couch would seat five friends without a problem. Then I thought, 
Well, I don't have five friends without a problem. We all have problems, right? It reminds me of the old saying that human beings are a lot like porcupines in winter. We need each other for warmth, but our quills get in the way. So the question comes, he continues, how are porcupets, the official word for porcupine children, how are they cared for, considering all those quills, some 30,000 per grown-up porcupine? It must be that for the perpetuation of the species, grown-up porcupines have figured out how to lay down their quills and care for their little ones. This feels like one of those necessary moments when, for the perpetuation of our society and nation, all of us grown-ups need to lay down our quills so we can sit together on the grand couch we call America. One of the Bible's most important quill-controlling passages states, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That's what true love is. And a true friend loves at all times. And the writer said, if you'll excuse me, I've got some quills to lay aside. Is that where you are today? You've become agitated, aggravated, somewhat prickly. Well, all you're going to do is hurt and make the damage worse in whatever matter has brought you to that point. The best thing for you and I to do this morning is to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, hey, it's not about me and showing my aggravation or hurting someone back. It's about me bowing my knee before God and humbling myself and saying, Lord, help me to be that kind of friend that I so desire in my life. Help me to be that kind of friend that you are to me. And all of God's people said, let's bow our heads for prayer. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.